Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, you're in the right place if you are a designer, decorator, architect, stylist, or thinking about diving into one of those amazing careers. This is episode number 48, and it's really an extension of last week's conversation around industry disruption and mergers that may or may not serve the community. It got me thinking about the fact that we are all part of a large community of amazing professionals, and under that big umbrella, each one of us operates an independent business. How can we grow and support our individual businesses while at the same time working to improve the industry as a whole? Can we collaborate and be competitive? The answer, of course, is yes. It may mean that we have to take full responsibility for our own growth, and in particular, the marketing that will bring us the ideal clients we deserve and desire. To that end, I reached out to Maury Riyad. He is a consummate businessman, and frankly, I think he's somewhat of a romantic, but he is devoted to preserving the artistic legacy of the interior design professional. And I know this because Maury and I crossed paths about 10 years ago when my television show, Design for Living, went to Venice to do a story on the Italian textile brand Fortuny. You guys remember the Fortuny lamp, right? I'm, I know in my office, we must have placed at least 10 of them in clients' homes, and they are just exquisitely beautiful. If you're not familiar with the Fortuny lamp and Fortuny textiles, in the show notes, you'll find a photo of what we're talking about. So you want to make sure you go and check that out. Murray, along with his brother Mickey and their father, took over operations of the Venetian textile company in the early 90s. And what they brought to the brand was a fierce protection of the integrity of the artists and a commitment to work with and assist interior design professionals. They really felt like the interior design professional was in the best position to place the product with the right homes. Together, the family brought the 100-year-old firm online and into modernity, expanding design, sales, and distribution. So that was industry disruption to great effect. And against all odds, they grew and reshaped the business while keeping Fortuny's soul intact, preserving the original printing process that Mariano Fortuny developed in the early 1900s. Now, working closely with interior designers over the years, Mori has seen design go through seismic shifts, as we all have, and technology has now cracked open what was once an insular world, bringing design to more people. But the downside of that, of course, is that design is looking more homogenous, and the threat is it will become commoditized. Mari sees an opportunity to usher in an era of creative design that adapts to the digital age without losing its independence. Just as he once did with Fortuny through Fuigo, Mori is bringing design into the future while protecting its past. And I'm going to let Mori tell you all about Fuigo in his own words. But we are also going to hear from him a simple three-prong approach to effective marketing. Act, awareness, credibility, and trust. Awareness is getting your talent and skills in front of clients, and that's Marketing 101, of course. 
When it comes to building credibility and trust, you're now in business of design's wheelhouse. That's our whole mission. Everything we do, every system we have is geared to improve your credibility and trust factor with clients. Before we meet Maury, uh, I have a question for all of you. If you believe like I do that collaboration is more powerful than competition, and that's a theme that's going to appear in this podcast as well, then what are you willing to do to protect the industry? We want to hear your thoughts on this topic. How can I play a part in protecting the industry? Simple question. Send us an MP3 file of your ideas or call us on the Business of Design hotline 416-780-9187, extension 107. You'll always want to state your name. Make sure you tell us where you're from because it's so fun when someone's from your hometown. And then a brief statement answering the question, how can I play a part in protecting the industry? Your voice recording may be used in an upcoming podcast, so please be aware it's possible clients could hear what you have to say, so of course you're going to keep it professional, and also be aware that if it's too long, we do reserve the right to edit it. Before we launch into this great episode, let's hear from Team BOD. Hey, Cheryl, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. We've got so many fun things on the radar. I've got High Point coming up, which of course is sold out, but we've got a couple of other events happening. Tell us about those. Uh, The next one coming up at the end of the month is our next group coaching session, which is going to be on Wednesday, February 28th. Um, Make sure that you sign up for that one. How we're doing it now is that um, for those registered following the webinar, if you're not able to attend, you'll get a copy of the recording. Um, A lot of our uh, members are in Australia now and they can't always attend the live um, events. So um, this lets us get those registered uh, copy of the recording a little bit quicker. But if you can't attend, send um, your questions to me in advance and I'll make sure that they get answered for you anyway. And we have uh, figured out how to unmute listeners. So if you have a question, uh, it's possible that you can ask it yourself and everybody can hear your voice. So just be aware if you do that, it will be recorded, but it will only go to members, members only. So it's a really good reason to jump on board and become a member of Business of Design. And we have another exciting trip coming up to Palm Springs. Tell us about that. Uh, That's coming up on October 18th to 21st. It's our elite retreat. Um, So we've just opened up uh, registration for that. Details are on our website, businessofdesign.com and click on events. A retreat focused on a lot of group learnings and fun. And we're also going to follow it up with some group coaching sessions specifically just for this group um, based on the learnings from the retreat to sort of hold our group accountable and um, really help them implement all of the learnings once they uh, get back to their desk the following week. Yeah. So if you find that you're in a bubble, uh, you're busy working, working, working and not taking time to push your business to the new level, this can help you break through and Uh, the value of the coaching is such that it pays for half the trip. The price tag on the trip is $24.99. That does not include hotel and airfare. Remember, this is a business write-off, so you can cut that number in half. 
uh, based on your ability to write it off. And uh, we are going to have some exclusive, exciting behind the scenes experiences that are going to be really memorable. uh, And we are going to work very hard. So this really is for that design professional who's ready to go to the next level. Um, We do have a limited number. We're figuring that out based on the size of a small luxury coach. We want everybody to travel in and sign up quickly. We anticipate that this will sell out as High Point did. And uh, I'm super excited because we're going to get some sunshine in October. Yay! Yeah, no, looking forward. And we are only asking for a 50% um, deposit to book your spot. So again, details are on the web, on the site for both group coaching and the elite retreat. So check that out online. All right, Cheryl, can't wait to hang out in Palm Springs with you. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden, brought to you by Business of Design, a coaching community for independent designers like you. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Hey, Mari, thank you so much for being here today. Where are you in the world? How's it going, Kimberly? Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually sitting um, at the Fuego Studio here in New York City, uh, just south of the Empire State Building in the Flatiron. Ah, uh, that sounds pretty great. We're like polar opposites. I'm sitting in Santa Monica. I can see the ocean out the window. So uh, my two favorite places in the world, I think, have to be Los Angeles and New York. So uh, that's wonderful. We realized that we had a bit of a connection because you are from the Fortuny legacy. And in the 90s, my television show, Design for Living, did a feature on beautiful Fortuny lamps. And so we've, we've crossed paths before, but here we we are kind of talking a business of design and both of us embracing an opportunity to reach out to the design community and help them run a more thriving business. So tell me, first of all, how is Fortuny doing and how did you transition into Fuego and what are you doing nowadays? And then we're going to talk marketing. Yeah, sure thing. So it's funny that Fortuny happens to be what binds me and you together. Um, being that Fortuny is this great artistic legacy, this artist, Mariano Fortuny, who at the turn of the century uh, left Spain and went to Venice, Italy with his mother and his sister and really just became a renaissance man. And just through his brilliant artistic mind, just you know, revolutionized so many industries, whether it be the fashion industry uh, through his use of the Duffel's gown to stage lighting and, and the way that he completely transformed the theater through indirect lighting of course, through the printing of textiles, which is the legacy that we continue today at the Fortuny factory in Venice, Um, this really, really great art form and how it led to this passion for interior design. uh, It's kind of cool to see how we're connected there. And you are connected. um, In fact, tell us how, in fact, Fuego and Fortuny go hand in hand. A lot of our listeners may not be familiar with Fuego yet too. So maybe we put that right out there at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So Fortuny is a company I've run with my brother for the last 20 years, uh, and we make these incredible textiles that are sold primarily to interior designers. We are what you would call a to-the-trade business and have always operated in the trade. Now, interior designers are our inspiration and our lifeblood at Fortuny. Only an interior designer's vision can take a, a fabric like Fortuny and sell that vision to a homeowner. 
only an interior designer has the passion and the ability to see beyond what these textiles are and show them as an art form. So I've always been very, very closely intertwined with the design world. And quite frankly, um, it's a world that I've become enamored with over those couple of decades of running for Tooney. Now, five, six years ago, what started becoming very, very clear to me, especially after the economic shutdown in 2008 and 2009, was our industry needed a lot of help. And our industry was very, very fragmented and there was very little collaboration happening in our industry. And as someone who has worked all his life to protect this art form of Fortuny and knowing how integral the interior designer was and the protection of that artistic legacy, I started kind of having a freak out moment saying there, if there is no interior design and interior design goes the way of do it yourself or goes the way of the big box store or goes the way of the free interior design services out of furniture shops, then that'll essentially render companies like Fortuny as well as any artistic providers of goods essentially out of business. Without the interior designer's legacy and without the interior designer's vision, none of us can exist. So I started trying to think of how can I play my part in protecting this industry? And what it came back to, which is a part that I'm so passionate about, was this idea of collaboration mixed with technology. That I wanted to find a way that we as an industry could join forces and collaborate on the backside, which would then allow us to all remain independent on the front side. And that's where I had this idea to start Fuigo, which was a shared workspace, a collaborative shared workspace. But because interior design software, when we were looking at the landscape four or five years ago, was in our minds, it really just felt like that the main programs for interior design felt like MS-DOS. They really lacked any insight. They just seemed pretty archaic. I said, well, we love technology and software. Why don't we build our own software to power this shared workspace. Mm -hmm. And that's really how it all came about, is this idea that as artists, we can collaborate and through collaboration, we can remain independent. So that, that's where it kind of all kind of ties for Tooney and Fuego together. It's incredible how life is so synergistic because business of design started around the exact same time. Our philosophy is identical and yet we provide very different services. I've never heard anyone put it so eloquently. Um, so thank oh. you for that. Um, if well, that well, doesn't you, feel like a soothing balm to everyone listening, I don't know what will. Um, <laughs> really beautifully well, said. I, I want to tell you a, a story, Kimberly, that the name Fuego is the Japanese word for bellows. And these were the fuigos were the bellows that powered the Tatara ovens. And these Tatara ovens needed to get incredibly hot to forge samurai swords. So the way we viewed fuigo was we're bellows. We're the unseen air and the unseen power. We are not the stars of the show. The stars of the show are the interior designers. They are the brilliant artists. So when you go to fuigo, you never see our name you see the designer's names. When you go to our software, you never see the Fuego name. You see the firm's name. When you come into our studio, you don't see any Fuego branding anywhere. All you see is the branding of the interior designers. So this, we, we've always recognized the importance of the artist as central to the entire equation. And the protection of their independence is something we are so incredibly passionate about. It's baked into our brand name. It's literally baked into our brand name from the minute we had this idea we were always challenged to find a way to use collaboration to make us all more powerful, not to commoditize and genericize all of our brains underneath one corporate umbrella. 
I love this vision of all of us being samurai warriors, a warrior, in many cases, warrior goddesses. You guys, you see, you're so badass. You didn't even know it. I love it. It's beautiful. Thank you. So you were naturally a person I thought to reach out to when it came to marketing because A, you've had a lot of experience marketing for Tooney, which by the way, I don't take this the wrong way, but it's just so beautiful. Doesn't it market itself? Um, but uh, now you've got this, this new thought of helping us all thrive and succeed as warriors, samurai, goddesses in our own businesses independently. So let's talk about marketing, which has got a lot of people concerned these days. How do you market yourself when you're independent? What are the steps we can take to make sure that we're getting our message out to the audience the way we need to? Yeah, that's, that's a, this is a great topic and one that we can definitely speak at length about. Um, because it seems to be these days that it's almost a necessary evil that you have to associate your brand name with a larger brand umbrella in order to get noticed. Mm. And that is something that we see as very, very, very problematic, not just problematic from the standpoint that you in a way got swallowed up and almost become a part of those other brands. But what happens also on the backsides, technologically speaking, where SEO and, and stuff are all of a sudden all geared against you. So when people now are searching for your brand, the first thing that's appearing is the other brands. Right. So, but the platforms we all know have incredible reach, tens and tens of millions of users that are reached every single month by these platforms. So is it a necessary evil? Is there an alternative to using these platforms to market our services? And that's something I'd love to talk, talk with you through and see if we can't give some tips out there to say, hey, maybe we can on an independent basis have more effective marketing campaigns that really get our names out there and uh, allow us to remain the proprietors of our art form, which is the the whole result of the, you know, that, that's it's critically important. It's what we're all living and, and trying to build in our legacies. I almost envy people who are stepping into interior design right now. If you're listening and you're just getting started, you are in such a good position to do things in a really smart and healthy way where so many of us feel like we have to take two steps backward now and go forward in a new direction. So so for many of the yeah. listeners, they've gone down a path that has left them feeling less than well taken care of. They're ready to commit to doing it on their own. What would you say is the number one thing you should be thinking about if you're going to take ownership of your marketing? What are, what's something you could do immediately to get you down a better path? Well, I think you absolutely have to have a plan. And I don't want to say you have to sit down in front of a computer and write a 10-page marketing plan. I think you can, you can have a plan, and we can help you right now. I can, I can talk you through a very simple model I like to introduce to interior designers that you can put into place immediately. Um, and I, I think just starting by having something in your mind or something written on a whiteboard or something jotted down in, in, in a notebook that can help you look at your marketing and break it up into three little chunks, I think is the first step that you absolutely have to take. And the chunks are, you know, and it's a very, very, you know, I, I wish I authored this marketing theory, um, but I did not. This is something that's pulled from very, you know, very, very common marketing practices and it's called ACT, A-C-T. And it's breaking down marketing into awareness, credibility, and trust. And looking at all three of those different marketing components, and then planning very, very simple strategies around each one of them. 
can help take your marketing from you know A to Z very, very, very quickly with very little effort and very little investment needed up front. Ooh, okay. Yes, I want. I want all these things. Give me an example of what that initial thought might be. You said that we could write it on a board. It doesn't have to be in front of a computer. It can be on a napkin. But what are some examples of what that initial thought might look like to get us thinking? Okay. So first, yeah, the awareness. We we have to start thinking about how people are going to know we even exist. Okay. And that, that's the most important thing. Without awareness, no one knows we exist to even get the opportunity to hire us. All right. And that's where awareness is where most of these marketing services that we eventually sign off on, that's where that's going to. That's where our money is going to. That's where the signing off our brand name is going to. It's to help us with this idea of awareness. All right. But with awareness, there are many tools that you can run independently that don't necessarily have to include putting your or, or signing away your intellectual property to another platform. Um, so in, in awareness, getting yourself noticed, there's networking that can be done. Okay. There's, there's going out and finding networking groups or networking clubs. You'll be surprised in how many cities across America, if you just Google networking club for your area, you're going to find netly, n- weekly networking groups that are incredibly, incredibly powerful in raising awareness about your local brand to local decision makers. And you'll find these networking groups will have real estate brokers in them. They'll have mortgage brokers in them. They'll have lawyers in them. They'll have school teachers in them. And you will be shocked, shocked at when people learn about you and your art form, how happy they are to speak about you to their general community. So awareness, you can use networking for awareness. You can use, of course, social media. We all have our Instagram and Facebook feeds. We actually have a beautiful white paper written up on Fuego that can give you a very, very easy, executable marketing campaign or a social media campaign that you can start running today and how you can start leveraging Instagram to start raising awareness. All right, so those are reasons. Uh, Many people have local magazines. You'll be shocked how effective local magazine advertising can be. Now, certainly now we're starting to talk about a little bit of investment on the awareness side of things, but local magazines can actually be very, very, very cost-effective. In mm-hmm. terms of putting an advertisement out, we know a local firm in Connecticut who takes an advertisement out in the local Connecticut uh, Home and Garden magazine, and so much of her business is driven off that one advertisement. Mm. So there's many different ways that you can start raising awareness for your brand without going and signing away your intellectual property. Okay. Or at least if you can sign away your intellectual property, having feeling like you have a choice on who it is that you want to display your brand. Okay. And, you know, on the, on the front of local marketing as well, you can also um, write editorial or participate in our editorial if you've done a great space and you have beautiful photography that you've paid for. Sometimes that can be very tempting to these types of publications. So in, in general, kind of what I hear you saying plays right into one of my favorite themes, which is there are no shortcuts you do need to have boots on the ground and do the work. So for me, networking is one of the most challenging, difficult tasks possible. I don't enjoy it. I'm not good at it. I have learned some tips and tricks for being better at it. But um, when you say that, it just reminds me there are these fundamental practices I can't afford to ignore. And you've just given us a few ideas about what some of those are. Definitely, Kimberly. Look, it's it's all about at the awareness phase. 
if you either you're gonna have a ton of money and you have to spend that money and take out advertisements and promote your feeds and social media and join every platform available, or you have to take the long view and plant a lot and a lot of seeds. There's a really, really good saying that of all the seeds I'm gonna plant, only 1% of them are actually gonna bloom. And that is that you have to continually remember that in your networking, in your social media, in your writing, in whatever it is you're doing on the awareness front, plant seeds, plant them all over the place, take care of them, foster them, watch over those seeds, write yourself just in that little plan you write about your awareness. All you have to do is write the three or four things you want to do to start raising awareness for your brand and just revisit those mm-hmm. and just foster them and look at them and think about them. And you will not believe how quickly all those seeds you plant, how one little sprout starts coming out, then another little one. Next thing you know, you have a full book of business, but right. you have to start planting seeds and you cannot, you have to persevere. You're not going to get anything from those seeds for months and months and months. You're not going to get anything and you're going to wonder many times why I'm doing it, but they're going to start sprouting. You have to foster them and you have to plant them. And if you don't do that, nothing's ever going to come out of it. Amazing advice. And it sort of reminds me of listening to someone who's an overnight success. Every single time you meet someone or learn about someone who's an overnight success, you find out that they did years of planting seeds and then they were an overnight success. (laughs) So, okay. Jeff Jeff likes to say every overnight success I've ever seen took 10 years. Right. Okay. Oh, this is amazing. Okay. So that's A. We then move on to C. Yes. So credibility. Now you've gotten people's attention. Now you need the credibility for them to say, hey, wait a minute. I think this artist can take my home and bring my family closer together through the design of it. Right. You need to you need to now establish that, hey, I trust you. So now I know about you. Now I need to have the credibility to say, hey, this person can do the job. This is perhaps the easiest part of the ACT model to take care of, because that credibility can come from beautiful images of your portfolio of work that you've performed on your website. That credibility can come from testimonials from your clients. I cannot tell you enough, Kimberly, how important it is for your website to be peppered with little quotes from your clients about the great work that you've done or how their vision was taken and transformed and critically, critically, critically important to have that in there. Another place to plan credibility is certainly through a blog. Show yourself as an expert. Show yourself as an expert on the art of interior design. Um, other places to achieve credibility would certainly be press, getting mm-hmm. listed in the press. And, and, and certainly that's not one that's every single designer can have access to. But I think if you can get some press, so you, once you get people to your site and once you get people looking at you, the credibility part of it needs to really be addressed. And there should be no reason why any design firm that's been in existence and that's done a couple of projects can't put together something that shows the credibility of that firm and creates creates that that feeling from that person that's now aware of them that wants them to take the next step with you and now pick up the phone and give you a call. Mm-hmm. I, I know of one designer who not only did quotes from her clients, but actually had a photo of the clients and a photo of the room, which I think really serves to underline the credibility. It's obviously not Jane S. says, you're the best. There's a photo of the clients, their names underneath, and a picture of their house. So it's, it's funny. I wonder if a lot of people listening actually realize they have the tools they need already to create the trust and credibility that you're talking about 
Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's as simple as writing a nice, generous message to your clients and asking them for a couple of kind words. And I wonder, it's really, really that simple. And I wonder also, um, I don't think there was ever a business that required credibility and trust more than our business because we take a lot of money from people. Um, to deliver back that experience that they need us to create for them. But when you're when you're taking a lot of money, of course, you have to be as trustworthy as a bank. They have to understand yeah. that you have the integrity um, to follow through on, on what you're going to do. So I, I think that's an important thing, no matter which category of your business you're thinking of. So, so first of all, we're going to act. Um, oh, I'm sorry. What is A again? A is awareness. So we want to raise awareness. awareness. We want to let people know that we exist. Okay. So first there's awareness and then there is credibility. So T now is trust. That's actually the trust part. Now someone has picked up the phone and called you. All right. Now we have to build immediate trust. They now have to trust you. Say we, so the credibility got them to call us or to reach out to us. Okay. The trust is to give us a check and begin a project. Okay, okay, so what? So, give us some actionable stuff in the trust category then. What are some of the things, if you were a so, customer phoning an interior designer, what would you be looking for? This is the stuff now that gets a little bit boring. Um, but here are some great ways to build up trust. Offer up your clients if they're willing to do it. And I know a lot of clients are very busy, but if you have generous enough clients, open up your clients to uh, say that they can get on the phone with this prospective client for a referral. Okay. That's one great way to build up trust or bring them into a project that you've completed. Walk them into it. Create that real trust of look what I've done. Look what I've created. Speak to this client. She'll tell you how amazing I am. It bleeds in a little bit to the credibility, but it's taking that credibility one step further now and really showing them that they have access to this. Then critically important, being very, very clear and transparent about your fee structure there can be no confusion. There can be no hemming and hauling. Your fee structure and the way you charge and the value you're going to be delivering for your client, okay, that transformational value that you're going to change their lives, okay, they need to understand that that value is there. And it should not be about a conversation about a fee structure. It should be a conversation of, you're going to deliver this for me, Maury, and I'm going to get this beautiful value out of it. And, oh, my fee structure is a part of it. That's just necessary part of me getting the value out of it. All right. And then, of course, things like contracts, the boring, boring, boring part of our work. None of us are licensed. So as an industry, we're not licensed. So we don't have the benefit of showing a license number to create trust with clients. So the way we have to create it is through very, very, very clear documentation and contracts that protect both you and the client, as well as fee structures that protect both you and the client. So that, that's really where the trust comes in is to really just you know, know your metrics, know what you're selling the client, and know why that's going to deliver them an intense amount of value, and you will create that trust. And those are some of the areas that a lot of interior design professionals struggle with, partly because they're not well taught in school, uh, partly because so many think of themselves as creative business owners instead of business owners. So um, you're preaching to the choir. That's all business of design is talk about. All business of design does is talk about those subjects you deem boring. And I agree with you. But the, the wonderful thing about that category of the work is you can get it clearly defined and systematized once 
and it's ready to use over and over again. And you don't have to spend your time thinking about it after that, but you do have to spend the time to get it right the first time. That's right. That's right. And you have to get very, very comfortable with it. It has to become, you know, it it just, the more comfortable you are with it. And I know I, and I agree with you, it's not our favorite part of any of these projects, but the more comfortable you get with it, the more that really gets conveyed to the client and makes them feel comfortable. This is a very, very big decision for the person that's about to hire you. And if they feel a lack of confidence when talking about contracts and fee structures, yeah. that that will that does get conveyed and that does get felt and, and that can certainly hurt us. And again, we're, we're a non-licensed industry for the time being. We can have a conversation about that another time, Kimberly. Yeah. I'd love to speak to you about that. Yes. But because we're not licensed, we don't have a, a, a secondary body that's looking over us that also is, is really protecting the clients of ours. So we have to just rely on our own good small business runnings to go ahead and, and make those points. Wow, you've given us so much to think about. And I wanna I wanna end with your thoughts on how collaboration can benefit the industry. And, and particularly, let's talk about this idea of competition. Uh, is that a reality or is that a myth? Uh, tell us your thoughts on collaboration. Sure. Well, I mean, in, in, in collaboration and competition, I mean, we believe here at Fuego that the power of collaboration will outshine and outperform that the power of competition. So the, what you get from a community that you can collaborate with, whether that be collaborate artistically, okay, to speak to each other and see what's good or what's not good, to look at each other's schemes and and give each other feedback on our artistic work, or to collaborate on contracts or difficult client situations, leaning on each other to collaborate and speak about these things and understand the all these things can help us improve our business. We feel that those things can outshine competing and hiding your resources and hiding your secrets. Um, the power of collaboration and we is much, much more powerful than the power of competition. Wow, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. So just tell us a little bit about Fuego then. What can we expect for, uh, you know, by entering your world? Sure. Well, Fuego, um, since we started and opened up our doors a few years ago, um, we've really evolved very quickly. We started as a shared workspace for interior designers that was also powering them through this software solution and bookkeeping services that we provided. And what happened after just a few months of being open, we realized that interior designers all over the country wanted access to our business platform, not only our software, but also our outsourced bookkeeping services. So if we go right now, we essentially help these great artists balance their business and their art form. And that we do that through tools, uh, which is software. We have an incredible project management software that's growing by leaps and bounds every day. We have this incredible bookkeeping service, an outsourced bookkeeping service that's just for interior designers. So our business concierges is what we call them. Um, They handle your business on the bookkeeping side and take care of all of that minutia so that you can really be liberated to focus on the things that you want to focus on in your business. And then for local designers here in the New York City area, we have this incredible resource library and shared workspace where really you start seeing the collaboration take shape and and really see it blossom here within, within our studio. That sounds really exciting. So now, is there an opportunity, let's say I'm visiting from Los Angeles or from Toronto and I want to take space for a week, is there an opportunity for me to drop in? Yes, we do have day rates as well as we have something called flex residencies where you could come in and use our space just on a month-to-month basis if you're just dropping into town. So we have different options for different needs of uh, different size firms. Okay, now you're really... All of our products, with the exception of the studio, are available all over the country. 
Uh, certainly our project management software, which we think is um, really, really incredible. It's all built by our team here inside our studio. So we have eight engineers that sit beside 30 interior design firms. So when you look at our software and you look at the way it's built, it almost has ESP in terms of the way, you know, the designers have to work and the way that they can organize their projects. It's, it's really an incredible system that we're very proud of. And then when you attach that to our bookkeeping services, you really have a solution that can, you know, professionalize your business and take it to the next level. I'm really excited to try this and, you know, to take up residency in New York City for a month would just be awesome. I can't imagine how inspiring that would be for me and my business as well. So thank you so much for taking time. We like to end every podcast with something we call design intervention. It's a tip, uh, any any business tip. It can be in any category of business that you think is essential for the interior design professional to consider implementing. I'm putting you on the spot because you weren't even aware that we do this. So uh, what comes sure. to mind? All right. Well, I, I guess it, it, it's going to be never forget about your numbers in your business. Um, because if you don't understand the numbers of your business, you can't manage your business. You have to have a, a, a real understanding of what's happening with every one of your projects and what's happening with your business as a whole in order to be able to make decisions for your business. So what really are- great... What are yeah, the key ahead. numbers we need to know about then? What would you say are the, are the kind of five key numbers we need to be aware of? Well, I think it's, it, you, you have to know your income statement, meaning you have to know whether your business is making money, whether it's profitable or not. And you have to know your balance sheet. You have to know what your business is worth and make sure your business is liquid, which means making sure that you don't have manufacturer's deposits or customer deposits or sales tax liability. And what does that mean with your cash? So understanding your balance sheet is critically important. And then you have to make sure you have the cash to run your business. So it's really about knowing what you're worth and uh, through your balance sheet, knowing if you're profitable through your income statement, and knowing if you have the cash to operate as a business. Those three metrics, which all come through great bookkeeping, which is, again, a really boring subject in interior design, but great bookkeeping surfaces the numbers that matter to your business. And when you know the numbers of your business, you can begin managing your business and making the right decisions for your business. I love it. Maury, you were a fantastic guest. And yes, 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 we'd love to have you back and have another conversation about licensing. I think that's a great topic and one we haven't explored at all. Um, And I think for that one, I'm coming to New York City. I think we should sit face to face and do that one, perhaps from your offices. I would love to. I would love to. Sounds great. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Kimberly. At Business of Design, we know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus access to Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.